I'm Dan Rosenberg. And I'm Stephanie Shelton. And we'd like to welcome you to 11 Minutes with Octane 11, a B2B MarTech podcast, where we talk with experts in B2B marketing about real-life challenges and solutions in this really complicated space in just 11 minutes, because no one has time to listen to long-form podcasts. Least of all, B2B marketers who are using more tools than ever and are under more pressure than ever to deliver breakthrough messaging and business impact. Today, we're extremely excited to be talking with Putney Cluse, a longtime friend and an early Octane 11 customer. We got to know Putney way back when we were getting Octane 11 started. And I can honestly say there are few people I've met who are as passionate about discovering the truth in B2B and B2B marketing and really showing how marketing moves the needle. So we don't have a lot of time, so let's just get into it. First, let's start off, Putney, can you tell us a little bit about your background, what you're doing these days? Tell us what you're up to. So funnily enough, my love for B2B marketing started in my first job out of business school in the brand management program at Kraft Foods. And typically, you would think about this as a consumer-oriented role, which of course it had a lot of, but what I loved most was working with our sales teams who were selling into retail partners every day. Sounds pretty B2B, right? So after Kraft, I had the pleasure of working in the marketing and sales practice at McKinsey & Company and in the commercial business unit of American Express, where I did things like launch the Amazon Business American Express card program and build the first commercial demand gen team with the mandate to create predictable pipeline for sales. Most recently, I was the chief marketing officer at Cision, which is the global leader in media intelligence and comms technology. Wow. I didn't even know all that about your background, but thank you for sharing. And I'm given all of those extensive experiences across B2B. Curious, what are some of the biggest challenges you've seen in B2B marketing and go-to-market motions overall? Yeah. So Steph, I'm going to highlight two here. And I think biggest because they're forever problems, they're perennial. And they really demand vigilance and investment every day. So the first I would highlight is really the continuous and seamless collaboration between all the cross-functional players in the go-to-market system, which for most companies is like product development and engineering and product management and marketing and sales and sometimes IT. And ideally, all these leaders and their teams would have this best friend relationship, the kind of relationship where you finish each other's sentences but too often they really don't. And without the right level of co-planning and collaboration and communication, the go-to-market motions are going to be disjointed and you're going to miss a prospect opportunity or you're going to confuse or even sometimes disappoint a customer. So it's really important that you invest in those relationships. The second I would highlight is like siloed data. Again, like a forever problem. I think that most organizations are the ones that I've worked in know more about their prospects, customers, and competitors. They know more than they think they do. The challenge is unlocking the data and pulling it all together in a usable format. And yeah, I'm totally talking about IT and data governance and platforms. I mean, one company I worked for had many Salesforce instances, but I'm also talking about low-tech stuff like capturing the insights and intelligence that's locked in people's heads. I think about as a marketer, if I could get all the knowledge and insights that our sales and account leaders had about accounts to fuel ABM strategies, it would be amazing. But sometimes it's really quite hard. I love that. And I sense a common theme of more connectivity, both cross-functionally across leadership, but also across the data that you have within the organization. We're going to finish yeah. each other's sentences. 
<laughs> we already well, thought we were going to start in this friend land. <laughs> well, I'm curious, Penny, given those challenges that you've seen at organizations you've worked at, what are some of the best tools or tactics or vendors that, that you've seen help? I think still, hands down for me, one of my favorite tools and tactics is using intent data. Like to me, intent data is like the signal in the Gotham sky for marketing and sales teams. And I want to be clear, I am talking about commercial intent data, like Bombo or Surge type stuff or Sixth Sense, but I'm also talking about effectively harnessing behavioral signals, maybe home harvested, maybe completely unique to your business that are a sign that your prospect or customer needs your company solution now. And I will tell you, after we started using intent data with the sales team at American Express, one of our phone-based, typically outbound-oriented reps called me and said, my voice is so tired from talking on the phone all day because they were calling prospects that wanted to talk to them. So awesome. You get that like intersection of the intent from behaviors across the web or other signals. I know American Express, you guys were pulling in all different kinds of signals. Uh, Bombard was one of them, but there, there are others too. Um, and then the intersection of that and then those potential customers, their engagement with your marketing messaging that you were putting out and then tying that together is a real kind of center of bullseye. Yeah. Um, so, so good. I love that kind of comment from a salesperson. That's so so good. Love to hear. Yeah, that. I'm super proud of that one. <laughs> so those are some of the things that you love. What are some of the things that you've seen that B2B marketers sometimes get wrong? People are doing that maybe you disagree with. I guess what I would say, at least I've observed it in myself and my teams, and I think other people struggle with this as well, is that we forget at the end of the day that as B2B marketers, we're simply like humans communicating with other humans. <laughs> And at American Express, we would often say not every consumer is a business person, but every business person is a consumer. And I always heard this as remember that the person that you're targeting, who we're thinking about as a member of a buying group or something like that, has wants and needs and fears just like everyone else. And I think in our B2B world, sometimes we get so lost in metrics and figures and the MarTech stack that we forget to step back and think about how the human feels about the problem that whatever solution we're trying to sell is going to fix. And I'll share with you guys just like a, a personal experience so that I think crystallizes this. When I was on the marketing team at PR Newswire, I knew all the about why PR Newswire was the best. Mm. It's the best. But it was not until I sat alone on a night proofing my own big press release. I'm proofing it over and over and my hands are hovering above the keyboard before I hit approve. Right. And I really understood the nerves and the emotional high of releasing big news. Right. And I think that's the type of human element that we all need to understand and capture and aspire to bring into our marketing. Hmm. That's a great example because that is an extreme moment when you're going to get ready to hit. <laughs> what are all the things I want to be prepared and what do I want my partner to be able to help me with? Yeah. That moment. That's a great one. 
Yeah, I love hearing that. And maybe this feeds into that. But if you had one wish for a tool or a capability for B2B marketers, what would that be? So I have always wanted a tool that answers the question, is this good? And maybe it's because I could be a little insecure and probably a bit of it, but I, I don't think that's the whole answer. Because all the things we look at, revenue contribution and qualified lead volume and percent of accounts that we've touched and engagement rates. But how do you know if they're good relative to other players in your category or other B2B companies that have a similar size or budget? And I feel like knowing this information would help me know how much more juice I can or should squeeze out of the orange, right? To use that, that overuse phrase. Mm -hmm. But more so, I want it because it would help myself and my teams gain credibility. If we go back mm -hmm. to some of those cross-functional partnerships we were talking about, but gain credibility, right? For all the good work that you're doing. Because I think about it, like how many times have you sat in a senior leadership team meeting and you proudly present your campaign results and, you know, the ROI on your budget and your CFO says, these are really great, but how do they compare to benchmarks? Mm -hmm. And so having that outside view on how good is good would be really, really helpful to the team and the broader organization. Yeah, that context is critical. Wow. I guess you can't be surprised. Some of our, our product roadmap is a lot of putneys, fingerprints on it. So, okay, one more question for you. If you could share, is there a, a win recently that you've had in business or personal, anything that's a bit win that you'd want to share? So I, I don't know if this fits the, the context exactly, but I'll tell you, I have the opportunity right now to um, slow down a little bit. And so one of the things that I've really been um, taking advantage of is allocating more time to really sort of engaging in all the content about, you know, I don't know, the world, but also marketing and B2B marketing and all of that, that stuff that's around us. So like trade publications and daily newsletters and the New York Times and all that stuff. And the thing that I've been able to do that I think is a big win is not just read the headlines, but also really read the articles. And I click through on the hot links and I let myself go down some rabbit holes that if I'm lucky, end up on YouTube and I can watch some videos. Mm. And I think it's been a real learning for me in the sort of space of slow down to probably go faster. Because when you don't just read the headlines and you actually dive into the content, you retain it much better than you do when you read it quickly. And I've just really had an opportunity to realize that, that I, I want to spend more time in the future, really engaging with all the content around us so that I can put it to really, really good use in my personal life, in my professional life, et cetera. Hmm. That sounds great. That's aspirational. <laughs> yeah. That, no, that, no that, sound, that sounds great. Well, I think it's a slow down to go fast. You got to slow down to go fast. So and with that in mind, we're at time. 11 minutes went by really fast. So. Putney, thank you uh, for joining us. So fun. Always great to connect with you. We've got some great nuggets. Talked about collaboration across teams, siloed data, speaking to humans, not just B2B type groups, understanding if it's something is good by being able to compare to peers and benchmarks and then slow down to go fast. So that's awesome. Well, thank you, buddy. It's always a pleasure. We've got an awesome lineup of 
other great B2B marketing leaders for the podcast here. So make sure to check us out on octane11.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Thank you.